Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. I am Roy, your host, and if you've seen the title of this particular episode, which is called Spirituality 101, you might think I'm going off-brand in this episode, because normally I talk about how to attract lasting love. Normally the conversation is about relationships, and this one seems to be different than that. It seems to be kind of a different topic. Well, in reality, it's not. In reality, real spirituality and relationships are almost two sides of the same coin. They are intimately connected with each other. And to talk about one is, in a sense, to talk about the other, though sometimes we don't see the connection. And that's what I want to do in, in today's episode, is I want to... I want to talk at the very beginning point of spirituality. Like, what is spirituality? When does it really begin? Like, where does your spiritual journey really begin? And how does that intersect and impact your interest in attracting lasting love? Okay? So, we're going we're to go kind of deep today which I know you like that because this podcast normally goes pretty deep. Um, and so I think you're going to really enjoy this. And I'm hoping that the perspectives I share with you, when I heard these perspectives, because one of the things I'm going to tell you right now is the perspective on real spirituality and when spirituality begins is not something I concocted in my own mind. Okay. These are ideas that I have been taught. And when I was taught them, they rocked my world. They opened my eyes. It was like, oh my God, the biggest aha moments I've ever had is when I sat really at the feet of Michael Singer. I mean that literally. Um, if you don't know Michael Singer, he's my favorite spiritual teacher in the world today. He wrote the book, The Untethered Soul. If you haven't read that one, it should be on the top of your list. I think it's the best spiritual growth book ever written. He has a temple outside uh, Gainesville, Florida. And when I was living in Florida, I used to go there you know, regularly for about almost three years. And he'd come in and he'd sit down in full lotus position like the yogi that he is. And he would teach. And I would sit there on a cushion and listen. And when he shared this perspective, it... it, it almost exploded my head. Uh, it made so much sense. It opened my eyes. And so I want to pass this along to you today because I think and I hope that it can have the same impact on you. It can help you become enlightened, right? Now that word enlightenment, that usually conjures up some image of, you know, some weirdo in an airport wearing a turban passing out pamphlets or something, <laughs> even though I don't think that's allowed anymore. <laughs> I might be dating myself with that. But, you know, when you hear the word enlightenment, what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to take a vow of 
poverty and celibacy and all oh, doesn't that sound exciting? No. Enlightenment simply means what the word says. It means to to turn the light on. It means to see clearly. When you're enlightened, it means you see real truth. It means you see clearly. You see the truth about yourself. You see the truth about life. You see the truth about relationships. And so that's what I'm sort of happen. I'm, I'm hoping happens for you as it did for me as we talk about this. I'm hoping you become sort of enlightened, like, oh, I see it now. It's like walking into a dark room and you're stumbling around and, you know, stubbing your toes and bumping into things. And that's kind of how our lives are. We just, sometimes it feels like we're stumbling around in the dark trying to figure it out, you know, trying to make our way in the world and make sense of relationships and our careers and our bodies and our mental health. And, you know, we're stumbling around and stubbing our toes and hitting our knees against things and ouch, 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 we get hurt, right? We get, you know, we get injured, right, in life. And then there's a moment where you find the light switch on the wall and you turn it on and now you see everything. And so now there's no more suffering. I mean, you don't bump into things anymore when the light's on because you can see where everything is, right? So when we become spiritually enlightened, it's like, well, the pain goes away. Um, Well, at least we don't have any new pain, you could say, right? Because we're, we're seeing everything. We're seeing where all the problems are, where it all makes sense. Nothing of what I'm going to share with you today about real spirituality has anything to do with faith. In other words, real spirituality doesn't ask you to believe in something that you can't verify in your own direct experience. That might be a great definition of spirituality. Truth that you can verify in your own direct experience. You're not believing something that was written thousands of years ago or even 20 minutes ago. You're not having faith in doctrines or in principles. You're not being to ask that you believe in or trust things that you can't see, that you haven't touched, that you can't, you know, have access to in your own direct experience. Real spirituality, real truth, in my mind, is really only true if you can access it directly if you simply look, okay? So that's what I'm talking about, like spirituality 101 from the sense of you can verify everything I'm going to say. And if you find it not true in your experience, well, then blow it off. But I'm going to ask you to simply look at your own self, look at your own life. And you tell me if you're going to be honest, yeah, Roy, you got a point. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I, I see that in my life. That's verifiable. Okay. So that's where we're starting from. And what I hope is that this ends up changing your relationship life forever because spirituality impacts relationships. Relationships impact spirituality. They really go hand in hand, all right? So now let's just jump in here real quick. What I want to do is 
describe what I often call the human condition. And again, this human condition is not something I'm going to try to convince you of. I'm not going to try to tell you that this is the way it is. You tell me. I'm going to give you basically five points here. And you tell me whether it's true in your life. Okay? And then we're going to get into a discussion of of like at what point does real spirituality begin? Like, you know, the Christians always talk about being born again, right? That's that moment when you, you know, in the way they view religion is the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your savior. And when you do, you're like born again. It's like your spiritual life starts at that moment. Even though you have a physical birth, there's a spiritual birth. And that happens when you place your trust in Jesus or Perhaps the Muslims would say, put your faith in, in Muhammad or, you know, uh, whatever religion would say, okay? Um, this, there is a moment in spirituality where you are born again. And I want to explain that and see if it impacts you as deeply as it has me, all right? So, spirituality 101. The first insight I want to give to you, and this one is, (laughs) this one's going to be really obvious, is that you exist, all right? If I was to uh, walk up to you and say, hello, are you in there? (laughs) You would say, yeah, I'm in here, right? I mean, I'm an aware kind of being. I'm a conscious, aware being, right? So that's the first principle, that you exist, and you exist you know, in there, you know, are you in there? Hello, I'm, are you in there? <laughs> knock, knock. And you're like, yeah, I'm here. Okay. The second principle is when it starts to require you to be really honest. Okay. Really honest. So the first sort of reality is that you exist. The second reality is that you're not okay in there. Or at least you're usually not okay in there. Now, what I mean by that is I'm not saying you're suicidal, okay? I'm not saying you're so clinically depressed you can't get out of bed. I'm not saying that you are just the most miserable, unhappy uh, person on the planet. What I'm saying is if you know you exist in there, And if you turn your attention and say, okay, well, how am I doing in here? What you're going to really have to admit, again, you tell me in your own direct experience, is that usually you're not okay. Isn't it true that there's usually something bothering you? Isn't it true that you usually have something that you're a little worried about, a little concerned about? Maybe it's something that happened in the past that you're, you know, still confused about or hurting about or wondering about or upset about. Or isn't there usually something coming in the future, maybe the near future, maybe, you know, far away future that might keep you up at night a little bit? Maybe something about losing your job or are you ever going to find a partner or maybe some other activity or thing you're doing, right? Isn't, 
isn't there usually something that you're a little worried about or something that's sort of bothering you? In other words, isn't it true that your normal state of being is not pure joy and peace all the time, right? Can you verify that in your direct experience that, you know, I don't always feel completely wide open, joyful, at peace, right? I mean, life happens, doesn't it? You get caught in traffic. The other day, my son had a you know a flat tire driving on the open highway. He had to stop and call AAA, and they didn't come for hours. And right, shit happens, right? And so these experiences come in, and they they touch us, and they produce uncomfortable emotions sometimes, right? So, aren't you sometimes frustrated or confused? Don't you? sometimes experience doubt, self-doubt? Aren't you sometimes maybe a little insecure? Do you get jealous? Do you ever feel maybe a little lost or just, you know, just confused, right? So I'm not saying when I say that you exist and and I say, well, how you doing in there? And I'm saying that you're not okay. I'm not saying that you're you're such a mess that you can't function. I'm just saying, you know, it's just not okay in there very often. Now, one of the reasons we don't notice this is because it's always a little not okay. And so we're used to it. <laughs> and we only notice that we're not okay when it's more than usual. So this might sound really pessimistic and it might sound really cynical, Um, But I think if we were truly honest, we would have to admit that our natural set point, there is some degree of fear or dis-ease or uncomfortableness or some sense of lack or worry or maybe boredom or stress or overwhelm, right? So all of those words, they speak to what I'm talking about. It's, I'm not okay in here. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm bored. I'm lonely. I feel that some insecure. I'm scared. I feel grief or sadness or anger, frustration, irritation, tension, right? So in my book, Relationship Bootcamp, I was making this point. And I wrote a number of bullet points in this particular chapter. It's chapter two. Um, And I thought I'd just read a couple because when I wrote the book, I put a lot of time into trying to describe this not okay feeling. And I'm spending so much time on it because if you don't see this in your own direct experience, you cannot begin your spiritual journey. There is no spirituality without recognizing that first you exist And secondly, it's not okay in there. You know, do you exist in there? Yep. How you doing in there? Not so good. Okay. Now, it's not to say you're doing worse than anybody else. No, I'm saying every single freaking human being, except for maybe these enlightened people like Michael Singer, I think generally speaking, he would admit to you that he used to have the not okay feeling 
But now it's not that way anymore. I'm, I'm guessing an Eckhart Tolle, a Byron Katie, you know, these types, um, they would all admit to one day, I know Eckhart does, I've read his books and he was suicidal at one point. That's how not okay he was on the inside. So I think the enlightened beings would all say, oh my God, yes, total not okay feeling on the inside. And then they began to understand some things and it's not that way anymore. So there is a way out of this, but there is no spirituality if you can't honestly look inside and say, yeah, I'm in here and I ain't doing so good. Okay. So in my book, I I asked a couple questions. Isn't it common to feel lonely, anxious, or insecure? Isn't it common? Don't you often experience things like self-doubt, discouragement, regret, jealousy? Aren't you often stressed, overwhelmed, confused, tense? Don't you experience physical sensations like knots in your stomach, shallow breathing, tightness in your shoulders, tension in your neck or jaw? heaviness in your heart. That's part of what it means to not be okay in here. I, I've got this tension in me. I've got these contractions. I've got this heaviness. Don't, don't, don't you experience painful memories or don't you have worst case scenario thinking? Do you notice that <clears throat> your mind has a tendency to be telling you all the bad things that could happen. Oh my God, what if that happened? What if that happened? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Right? Don't we all have OMG thinking? Right? So when you're imagining worst case scenarios, can you honestly say you're okay on the inside? Or aren't you afraid? Aren't you worried? Right? And how about the painful memories? People that have hurt you, dumped you, broke up with you, lied to you, forgot about you, overlooked you, right? That's a, that's a, we all have that stuff, right? That, that's what I mean by, eh, how you doing in there? Not okay, right? That, that's what I'm referring to. It's, it's that obvious is what I'm trying to say. Don't you have a voice in your head that is always rehashing the past or rehearsing the future and then telling you things like, see, you're not good enough. You're unlovable, undesirable, you're unsafe, you're unworthy. You get that? Okay, so I, I'm asking you, are you brave enough to first admit that you exist in there? And secondly, are you brave enough to admit, ah, I'm not okay in here? At least not most of the time. I mean, yes, we all have moments, right? We have moments when the mind sort of shuts off. We might see a newborn baby or you see a little puppy or you see a sunset or something. And for a moment, your heart just opens, right? It just heart just opens and you're just present. And the mind isn't yapping about all the bad things that have happened to you or all the things that could happen to you or all the things that you want that you can't have or that you want, but you're not sure if you deserve them or, you know. All that mind chatter, sometimes it stops, not for long in my experience, but it stops. And you have these moments of openness, of just pure presence. And that's when you would say, I feel okay in here, right? So I'm not saying that you never feel that way. I'm just saying that 
almost always there's something going on in there that you could say, yeah, okay, if that's what you mean by, if you mean feeling worried or concerned um, or bored or stressed, if, if that's what you mean by not okay, well, then how could I argue with that? Of course I'm not okay if that's how you define it. Well, that is how I'm defining it. There is some level of suffering going on inside of you. You really are not in that place of absolute openness and wonder and awe and presence where the mind is quiet and you are just being, right? Those moments hardly ever happen to us, okay? So anything short of that is some level of I'm not okay in there, all right? So are we on board with that, (laughs) okay? With those first two principles, you exist in there. How you doing in there? I'm not okay in here, okay? All right. Again, I'm not asking to believe anything. You check in. You, you, you ask yourself. Um, I recently interviewed Scott Killaby on this podcast. And in one of his books, he was talking about this, this not okay feeling. And this is what he wrote. And this is – he wrote it to the person who is maybe skeptical that that they don't have a not that they are okay on the inside. Okay, so if that's you, listen up. He said, at the core of our experience is a deep restlessness that both propels us toward the future and makes the present moment feel threatening, as if we have to constantly escape it. And then he says, Don't believe me though. Check. Check it out in your own experience. Sit for two hours alone in a room without any of your usual addictive indulgences. What he means by that is your phone, computer, television, music, books to read. He's just saying, okay, if you think you're okay on the inside, then just sit alone. He says two hours. I'm going to say to you two minutes. (laughs) Really? Sit for two minutes with nothing but your thoughts. And he says, this will bring up that core restlessness. And that's what he means by a not okay. There's a restlessness. There's a, uh, there's a, um, a sense of dis-ease, you could say. Okay? All right. So we've established these first two basic principles. We still are not spiritual at all. I mean, you could be an atheist. And recognize this. It doesn't matter what religion you believe in. Really, it doesn't. It does, And you, you, you could be almost basically dumb as a bag of rocks and you could understand these two. So there is no spirituality happening yet at all. Okay? Here's the third thing. That not okay feeling, even though it might appear on the surface that it's, oh, it's just a little uncomfortable, not okay feeling, or it's a little restlessness, or sometimes I'm oh yeah, I'm a little insecure and I have some doubt and sometimes I don't feel very lovable. It can seem like a like an inconsequential feeling. This not okay feeling can seem sort of, ah, it's not that big a deal. And that, again, that's only because we're so used to it that we don't really see what it's doing. But here's the reality. That not okay feeling is so intolerable that your life's purpose 
is about fixing it. I am maintaining that everything you do, everything you say, everything you you pursue, everything that you buy for yourself, every relationship that you're interested in, every career choice, every nickel of money that you spend, if you get down to the deepest motives, it's all about fixing some sort of not okay feeling. Now sit with that. Again, I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to look. I mean, really look at what you're up to. Really look at what's behind your gambling. What's behind your interest in porn. What's really behind your interest in shopping. What's really behind the type of car that you drive or want to drive or the type of house that you live in or want to live in? What's really behind the choice you make every day when you put on clothes? What's really going on there? I am maintaining that that not okay feeling is like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. It is turning the knobs and pulling the levers. It's controlling everything. It is such a powerful feeling that your whole life, your life's purpose is about dealing with it, covering it, hiding it, compensating for it, fixing it, getting rid of it, dealing with it. Whether you're aware of it or not, your whole life is built around the core feeling trying to deal with it. Now, one of the coolest illustrations of this comes in the book, The Untethered Soul from Michael Singer, where he talks about like you're going through the woods or something and you get a thorn in your arm, right? You get a, you get a, a big needle, a big thorn stuck in your forearm or something, okay? And it, and it hurts. It hurts a lot. And whenever anything touches it, it really hurts, right? So he says, okay, you got this thorn in the arm. And what most of us do is we construct a lifestyle and we, everything we do is about protecting something from touching the thorn. Because when we touch it, it hurts. So you have to cut holes in the sleeves of your sweater so it doesn't touch it. You have to, he talks about, you know, creating some contraption that you sleep in so that you, the thorn doesn't get, doesn't touch the bed or the sheets or something. Like what he's saying is you got this thorn in your arm and it's so painful that your entire life is all about dealing with the thorn and protecting it and covering up for it and making sure nothing touches it and all that. And of course he makes the joke, you could just decide to pull the thorn out and get rid of it, <laughs> right? But he's making the point that we don't do that. We have this not okay feeling and we, we never really go to the root of the not okay feeling and get rid of that. We just live with the not okay feeling and we try to compensate for it. So with jealousy or insecurity, 
you got to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend that will behave in certain ways that will never trigger the jealousy or insecurity. They've got to return your text messages right away. They can never look at another person. They can never flirt with anyone. They can never do any of that because, right, because you've got that thorn and you're just trying to create a world around you that doesn't touch it, that compensates for it. Okay, so this is huge for you to see that whatever your not okay feeling is, and it's really helpful, and I do this in the book, I help you discover what it is, but it's really helpful if you can define in general what your not okay feeling is. For me, it was always feeling not desirable, not seen, not not respected, not valued, not wanted, that kind of thing, okay? My whole life has been trying to be seen, <laughs> trying to get seen, trying to achieve this or do that so people say, wow, Roy, aren't you special? Okay, I've talked about this a little bit in other podcasts. It's really helpful if you can label your not okay feeling. Now, a lot of us have a lot of different not okay feelings. I mean, sometimes we're just bored and we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel lonely, insecure, jealous. Sometimes it's we don't feel good enough or something, you know, a deeper kind of trauma. But it's really helpful to kind of say, not only to admit that you exist in there and that you're not doing okay in there, but to be more specific about how am I not okay? Like, what's it like to be me? What's the not okay feeling usually like in me? How does it show up? Okay. Now, once you see it, you're going to then look at your whole life. I mean, starting in your childhood. And you're going to say, well, no wonder I wanted to do so good in school because I've always felt stupid or something like that. No wonder why I got interested in dance or music or art. No wonder why I got into sports. No, no wonder why I had these kinds of relationships. Where I, no wonder why I made these, these kind of choices. No wonder why I got involved in maybe certain religions, Right? You're going to see that your whole life's purpose has been to deal with the not okay feeling, to either cover it up and protect it and, or to try to get rid of it or compensate for it. But when you feel abandoned or lonely on the inside of it, that's what, you know, I'm, I, I'm not okay in here. I'm lonely. I feel abandoned. I feel sort of unwanted. Well, you're, do you see how your whole life is going to be about trying to not be abandoned? You're going to choose certain friends based upon that. You'll choose a partner based upon that. You'll dress a certain way about that. You, you will say things or not say things because they may get you abandoned again or not, right? So when you have that abandoned, lonely feeling Everything you do is about maintaining connection, getting attention, getting a connection, maintaining that connection, not fucking up that connection because you can't feel that abandoned, lonely feeling again. So your whole life is built around it. You'll even see that you choose certain careers to deal with it, 
Okay? So this is unbelievably, it's unbelievably huge. This is the point where real spirituality begins. When you see what your life has been like, oh my God, I'm not okay in here. And everything I've been doing has been trying to fix it. And I should say this, that's not when spirituality begins. Spirituality begins when you recognize none of my efforts are working. It doesn't work. Whatever you're doing to deal with your not okay feeling, the moment you recognize it doesn't work, or if it does work, it's very temporary. So let's just say, I mean, you just feel, you don't feel very alive on the inside. You don't feel, you know, you feel kind of empty. You feel kind of lost. You feel like a, a, a deep sense of boredom or a deep sense of, there's there, a lack of aliveness. Well, why do you think you gamble? Why do you think you love shopping? Because it makes you feel alive, Right? Now, if gambling once on a football game made you feel alive for the rest of your life, good, do it. Bet bet, bet a thousand bucks on one football game. That would be worth it if it would last, but you know it doesn't. You got to keep betting, don't you? Because the aliveness doesn't last and you got to keep shopping or you got to keep watching porn because it doesn't last. They're temporary fixes. You got to keep drinking. You got to keep doing drugs. In other words, whatever solutions or compensations that you have been doing in your life to sort of cover for or compensate or get rid of the not okay feeling, you have to keep doing them because they don't last. Have you ever noticed why somebody buys their first house and then they got to buy a bigger house and a bigger house and a bigger house or get more toys or more signs of materialism? It's because when they first bought something that was really expensive, it was dealing with their sense of some sort of not okay feeling. They were proving themselves in some way that I'm able to buy this or... I am worthy or I'm good enough or something. Well, that wears off and then you've got to upgrade. You've got to get more and get more and get more because they're only temporary fixes. So now where do relationships come in? Oh my God, do you see it? Do you see it? One of our favorite ways of dealing with our not okay feeling is to, for the mind to tell you, you know what you need. You know what would fix that loneliness? Do you know what would fix that insecurity, that jealousy, that boredom, that restlessness? Do you know that would what would fix that not okay feeling, the unwanted feeling, the undesired? Oh my God, find the right person. If you can find the right relationship, oh, it's going to fix that not okay feeling. And now do you see why you've got a list? It's not just any person. You need a person to be a specific way that fits your not okay feeling. You see what I mean by that? See, so when I felt undesirable, 
my mindset, oh man, one of the, well, one of the basic ways you can feel wanted and seen and desirable is not if I get just any woman to want to be with me. No, no, no. There's got to be a certain kind of woman here that would really fix my not okay feeling. I've got to get a beautiful, successful woman who wants, if that woman wants me, oh, then I feel like validated. I feel really seen. Do you see that? So this is why I'm so against having a list and the whole law of attraction nightmare is because it all plays into the idea that you have this not okay feeling and the right person is going to fix it. Now, again, here is where spirituality 101 starts. Here is when you can truly say, I am being born again, that I am on a real spiritual journey. Okay, this is the beginning point, is when you recognize, oh shit, that partner's not going to be able to fix it. When you recognize that whatever strategy your mind comes up with to deal with your not okay feeling, when you realize it doesn't work, (laughs) perhaps temporarily for a, a, a couple of moments or maybe a couple of days, but when you recognize that whatever strategy that I'm having, whether it's I'm going to get the best job and make money and have toys and houses, or I'm going to get the best looking partner, or whether it's shopping, whether it's gambling, I, I, whatever, whatever lifestyle or accomplishment or something you acquire or do or achieve Whatever it is that you think is going to fix that not okay feeling, spirituality begins when you recognize, oh crap, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And when you see that, you are going to enter into a depression, the likes of which you have never experienced before. And if you have any interest in spiritual things, you have heard of something called the dark night of the soul. It's when you are completely broken and sort of undone and left hopeless. When you recognize that everything you've been doing with your life, your whole life's purpose is to fix this not okay feeling and nothing you can do will do it. Nothing fixes it. Nothing makes it go away. That everything you've been trying doesn't actually work. And that is a moment of, well, wasn't it Henry David Thoreau said that everyone basically lives in a a, a place of quiet desperation? Because I believe deep down, most of us already know it. But we don't know of any other alternative. So all we do is we just keep trying. I'm going to find me another partner. I'm going to find a partner better than my fucking ex-husband or my bitch of an ex-wife because the reason I'm not okay is because I just found the wrong person or I'm going to get a better job or I'm going to find new friends 
or I'm going to get a new outfit or I'm going to, I don't know what it is. But when you recognize that that not okay feeling that your whole life has been about fixing or dealing with or hiding or compensating for and that everything that you have been up to is about that and it doesn't work, that's depressing. You're going to feel hopeless. Oh my God, that means I'm left with this deep inner sense of restlessness, this sense of being undesirable, this sense of being fundamentally alone or bored. You're left with that and there's no answer that your mind can come up with because you recognize that your whole life has been about manipulating circumstances and conditions and people because your mind tells you, if I can get the outside world to be a certain way, if I can get my career a certain way, if I can get my family a certain way, if I can get my body a certain way, if I can get my partners a certain way, my friends a certain way, if I, if I can arrange the furniture in this house the way it needs to be, then I'm going to feel okay on the inside. And your whole life has been about doing that. Your whole life has been basically manipulating everything and everyone around you to not touch your thorn or to heal the pain of your thorn. And then one day, your spiritual life is going to begin when you recognize, oh my God, I really do have a wonderful partner. He or she is a great person. They really love me. They, they do. I, and yet I still feel lonely. Or I still feel undesirable. I mean, folks, I'm here to tell you, I've, I'm married to a beautiful woman. <laughs> I've had a lot of beautiful girlfriends. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. I once dated a girl that was Miss North America bodybuilder. Okay. I'm not going to tell her name, but she was Miss North America, not Miss America, Miss Nor Northern Hemisphere, like kind of thing. World class. But she was beautiful. I still didn't feel desirable. Even she didn't fix it on the inside. Okay. Why do people who are so wealthy keep chasing more wealth and more toys and more things? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be very controversial here, but you look at Jeff Bezos. Didn't he with, build this rocket that went up in space and all that kind of stuff? Why? Is it because he's the richest man in the world and he still feels not okay? on the inside, like there's something more he could do to get noticed more, to, to be more special, to, hmm, uh, maybe that's cynical. Maybe I don't know him, so I'm, you know, that wouldn't be fair for me to judge him, but um, why are we so reluctant as a human race to just relax? Why do we keep pushing, forcing isn't it because there's something in us that's not okay that we're, we're running from? You tell me. Now, I don't know about Jeff Bezos, but I know about me. And my guess is you know about you. So don't get lost in, 
what Trump does or Bezos or Elon Musk or what the sheiks in Saudi Arabia are doing with their billions and dollars. You just look at yourself and you and see if you can be born again right here, right now, where you recognize, oh my God, my whole life has been about dealing with this thorn. It's been about dealing with this not okay feeling. And you know what? Roy's right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, if you don't recognize that it doesn't, if you still think, no, 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 if I find the right partner, because that's one of the, the most common ways that we try to deal with the not okay feeling. That's why I said spirituality and relationships are commingled, is because in our mind, one of the favorite ways our mind convinces us that we can heal that not okay feeling or lessen it tremendously or maybe even get rid of it is if you find the right partner, right? We could make the same case and talk about money or success or position or power or fame or toys or certain family or certain experiences that you could have, right? There's all kinds of ways the mind comes up with you know, here's how you can fix your not okay feeling. I'm focusing on relationships because that's your favorite. And if it wasn't your favorite, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You'd be listening to how to make money podcast so that it would deal with your feeling of not being good enough. Because if you finally made millions, you would maybe feel good enough. And I'm telling you people that make millions, it's not good enough. They got to make more millions. Because it never fixes the not okay feeling. So do you see it? <laughs> do you see that your whole life has been about dealing with your not okay feeling and it doesn't work? If you are in that dark place, that is the place of that is the place of grace. That is the place of real possibility for change. Is when you're in the dark night of the soul, when you realize. Everything you've been doing doesn't work. In my book, I talk about it being like you're recognizing that you're trying to paint a house with a hammer. Oh my God, you'll be frustrated. It doesn't work. Your life has been trying to find the perfect relationship, the perfect partner, this, this connection with someone that is going to end the loneliness or the, the boredom or whatever it is. And it's like, no, it won't. And when you see it, you're left with, well, then what, what the fuck do I do with this feeling? Ah, welcome to the spiritual path. When you get to the point where you like, okay, you're right. It doesn't work. But now what? I still have this not okay feeling. It's intolerable. It hurts, right? It's sort of like when you're thirsty and you recognize you've been drinking one Coca-Cola after another. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm drinking Coke, drinking Coke. And then you recognize, you know what? It doesn't quench my thirst. <laughs> okay. It just makes me fat and ruins my teeth. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it doesn't work. Okay. So I'm going to quit drinking Coke. Okay. But you're going to say, well, but I'm still thirsty. What do I do with my thirst? So when you recognize you've got this not okay feeling and then you see that the way that you've been trying to deal with it doesn't work, the feeling is still there. 
but you don't know what to do with it. You, you don't have any other options because you've seen that nothing on the outside is going to fix this feeling on the inside. And you feel lost. And then you feel truly vulnerable. Like, what do I do? Is this going to overwhelm me and just swallow me up? That's the moment when you finally have become a spiritual person. When you say, I'm no longer looking for material things in the form of people, conditions, or circumstances to fix an immaterial problem on the inside of me because it doesn't work. And then you, you enter in the journey, well, what does? Is there a way to feel okay on the inside? Is there a way to heal your particular not okay feeling? When you're bored and feel empty and sort of there's no aliveness, is there a way to feel alive from the inside regardless of your circumstances? If you feel unwanted, undesirable, unseen, not good enough, is there a way to feel the reality of who you are from the inside regardless of your life condition or your relationship status. I'm here to say, of course there is. That really is what all the spiritual religions are about. Ultimately, they are about pointing you toward their version of how to feel okay on the inside without having to manipulate circumstances and people and events to get them to be a certain way, to heal you. It's called the path of unconditional happiness. Now hear those words, the path of unconditional happiness. So it is a path. It is a journey. It is a commitment to move in a direction, meaning it doesn't happen overnight. This is a this is a lifelong journey. It's a path in a direction. And it's about unconditional happiness, meaning there's a happiness, a not, there's, there's an okay feeling, a feeling okay on the inside that's got nothing to do with whatever's happening on the outside of your life. Whether you have cancer, whether you're single, whether you've got no job, whether you're filing for ba- bankruptcy, you know, it doesn't whatever, there is a way to be happy in the midst of whatever's going on on the outside of life. Because our whole life has not, has been the opposite of that. We've always believed if I can get the outside the way I want it to, then I'll feel happiness on the inside. It's just the opposite. You can feel happy on the inside regardless of whatever crazy life is doing, what other people do or don't do what job you get or lose, how healthy your body is or not, whether you make money or you lose it all. There is a place of peace and happiness, a sense of being okay that is beyond all that. It's before all that. It's the ground on which your life is standing. (laughs) And so... That is the, that's spirituality 101, folks. And I'm not getting into the answer. There, there really, 
Well, there are answers. But you don't need the answer until you're born again. Meaning, I'm not even going to talk about how to source this okay feeling from the inside because it falls on deaf ears until you have recognized, one, I'm in here, two, I'm not okay in here, three, I recognize my whole life has been about trying to deal with that not okay feeling, and four, everything I've tried doesn't work and nothing is going to work. I give up. I completely surrender all of those efforts. So I'm not gambling anymore. I'm not chasing women or men. I'm not watching porn. I'm not shopping. I'm not doing whatever it is I do to feel okay on the inside because it just doesn't work. I'm dropping all of that and I'm just going to sit right in the middle of this not okay feeling. I'm going to sit in the helplessness, the loneliness, the abandonment, the undesirability. I'm going to sit with nowhere to go. Until you're willing to do that, until you take the first step in the spiritual journey, which is recognize that nothing you do, nothing you can do, nothing you will ever be able to do is going to fix that feeling of not okay on the inside. Until you're there, nothing of what I would say or Michael Singer could say or Jesus could say or Buddha could say is going to be helpful. You, you, you got to come to the dark night of the soul. And that's what, that's what I want to ask you. Do you see it? Do you see what your whole life has been about? I don't care what you think your life purpose is. Oh, my purpose is to have a family. My purpose is to build a great business. My purpose is to find enlightenment. My purpose is to, you know, help disenfranchised um, children or my purpose is to help people in need. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Your purpose is to fix your not okay feeling. And you do all that stuff because you think it will. I know that sounds dark and cynical. You tell me if it's not true. If you don't see it, fine. I'm telling you, if you don't see it, it's because you're not looking. But you, you've... You've got to look for yourself. And if you don't see it, then you don't see it. That's fine. Perhaps you're not ready to see it. Perhaps it's too scary to really recognize this, that your whole life has been about compensating for this not okay feeling. But if you're there, then I want to work with you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're born again, if you've taken the first step in spirituality and you see this, that's when you really need a coach. See, a coach, it's like that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? It's like, I can't, I can lead you toward this stuff, but I can't make you drink. I can't make you really see it. I can't make you have your dark night of the soul where you're like, oh my God, my whole life has been about dealing with this not okay feeling and you're, and it fucking doesn't work and I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't. I can't show that to you. I can talk about it, but only you can really see it. 
But if you do, oh man, would I love to work with you because I've seen it. And that's the only time anybody could ever really support my effort at growing and evolving because I, but I had to get myself on the playing field. Getting on the playing field is your first spiritual step. My whole life has been dealing with this not okay feeling. It doesn't work. Boom. You're on the field. You're ready to go because you're going to be open to looking elsewhere. See, until you're convinced that your ways don't work, you're just not going to be open to any other approach. No, I'm going to find me a better partner or I'm going to find a better job or a better house or I'm going to have another kid that's better than the one I've got (laughs) or I'm going to find better friends or I'm going to get my body in better shape or I'm going to find new doctors to help me with this or that or whatever it is. Fine. If you still, if you still want to go that way, you got to do it. You got to exhaust it. Really? You got to go do more research. You got to find out whether or not there is something in life and circumstances and people that will fix your not okay feeling. As long as you think there is, then you got to go that way because you'll never listen to me or any other spiritual teacher. Because you're, you're fundamentally not open to it because you still think that the other way works and you just got to go find out. A lot of people have found out though. And they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I know the answer is just not finding a better partner because I've had some good partners. At least in the beginning, I thought they were good and it didn't, it didn't really heal anything. So if you're in that place where you see this, Oh man, call me. Let's get together. Because now it's like, yeah, you're on the field. Now I can coach you. A a football coach can't coach someone that doesn't put the pads on and get on the field. You got to be out there. Otherwise they can't, you're not even there. Right? So if you're there, if you're on the field, oh, then I can help you. And I hope you reach out to me. Again, my website, coachingwithroy.com. My, my, my cell phone number, 407-687-3387. Text me, call me. Let's have a conversation about my coaching program. We'll design something that works for you, for your budget, all that kind of stuff. But I would love to work with people that are saying, all right, you know, I've had my dark my dark night of the soul. I've seen that all the ways I've been trying to fix my not okay okay feeling doesn't work. I'm, I'm ready to go a different pathway, the, the real spiritual pathway. And so I hope to hear from you. And until then, I wish you all the best in your pursuit of intimacy and your attempt to attract lasting love. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.